We get to cook again today. Amen. Um, the Lord is so faithful to his word. And um, I want to talk to you here for, we're going to do three services. Now I'm going to do tonight, today and next week. And then I have to skip a week because I'll be in Valdosta at uh, our Anchor Bay Church Valdosta celebrating uh, an anniversary there. And then I'll come back and finish out this particular series. We're going to talk about the ingredients of faith. Amen. And back in 2014, it was February, we ministered this particular message. Now, I listened to it last night, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to be different. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's interesting when I go back and hear myself minister the Word of God, you know, you begin to realize what was going on during that time, what was happening, you know, among people's lives, and you're, you begin to realize, why did I go in that angle? And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this, I remember that, you understand? And... Um, and so, you know, when I'm listening to it, because it was an hour and like 20-minute message. Yeah. I got one on there that's an hour and 38. Yeah. Did you know you endured that? No, it's not, <laughs> it's not enduring. You do, a, you do more than that when it comes to a movie, right? Um, but I'm thinking, wow, I need to hear that one, what was all being said during that particular message. The Lord is good, though. But today we want to talk about the measurement. We're talking about the ingredients of faith, the measurement. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. We'll start in verse 3, and it says this. Amen. For, though, for through the grace given to me, Paul saying, through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of themselves than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a what? A, to each a measure of faith. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we need to get a little bit of context here because if we don't watch out, uh, we'll miss this entirely. Let me define measure real quick, though. According to the Thayer's uh, Dictionary, it means determined extent. It means portion, measured off. It means measure or limit. Measure or limit, okay? And so when Paul talks about each of us have been given a measure of faith, according to this passage of Scripture here in Romans chapter 12, we need to understand there's a context here. So Paul, in this passage, is saying, listen, he has a grace on his life, meaning he was called to a particular thing in the body. And because of that call, there's a grace associated with it. All right? So when he says that we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought, he's saying wherever God's placed you in the body is based upon the the grace he's given you to do the assignment associated with that fit within the church body. So again, my grace and your grace, um, mine's not better than yours. Mine's just different. Paul's was different. Amen. But what he's saying is, is you want to stay within the grace or the purpose the function by which God's called you. You want to operate within your purpose. The next thing we see about this is that the measure of faith is associated with your purpose or the grace in your life contained within the body. Now, I say that because really we've done, the church has done a pretty good job of teaching people faith outside of their connection with the church body. Because what we've done is we have individualized the Word of God so much that we have basically uh, taken the same context that Adam did, uh, which is create independence within the body, which is the second most dangerous word in a kingdom, and we began to get a personal Savior called Jesus. We begin to operate in faith for our personal lives and are doing everything we can independent of the body of Christ. And the, the problem is, is this is causing our faith not to function as it was ordained to. I'm not saying you're not going to have it work. I'm just saying you're not going to have consistency until you start allowing your faith to work according to the purpose within the grace you were given in your assignment to the church body. See, I'm an individual member in the body of Christ, but I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. 
And so when he says a measure of faith, and we'll talk about it here, I've been given a measure within a, a recipe called the local body church to serve the kingdom to our community, but I'm only one measurement in the whole recipe. And the problem is, is that uh, many of us are taking our measure and we're trying to serve our individual serving to the world and we're not getting the same effect. Amen. See, I got a couple containers down here, right? Now, this container right here is uh, sugar, okay? This is sugar in the raw, actually, so, um, you know, it's not bleached out, all right? And, honestly, you know, it tastes good. It's sweet. And I could be attracted to that, you know, I could every once in a while. But you understand, if all I did was pull this thing out right here and say, all right, man, I love sugar, right? And I just sit here and eat this whole thing in this service because this is your ingredient. You're the sweet one in the body. Right? You know, and you just keep measuring out your sweetness apart from the rest of the body. Eventually, the people you come in contact with is going to develop diabetes. Oh, okay. See, sugar was never designed to eat by itself. But it does something. I mean, it, it can draw me, but I don't want to live on this. So God never designed for one of us to have this thing uh, of God that we serve it independent of the big recipe. Of the big recipe. Now, if we were making Pastor Earl's famous chocolate biscuits, all right, um, we use a lot of this right here. There's a lot of this that goes on that recipe, okay? Um, but if we were doing something different, you know, maybe we don't use as much sugar in that particular recipe. And this would be significant because sometimes in the body, God's using you to a degree, but at other times, maybe in the next recipe or next expression, he's not using you as often. But you're still a part of the whole recipe, Hallelujah. Amen. So you've got to operate within the grace that God has given you, okay? So we need to understand this. If we don't watch out and we don't get connected with the church body and we try to live a life of faith in an independent spirit, so to speak, you know, it's me and God and I'm all right and I believe God for me, those types of things. Well, they understand you're like that person that does the little cooking that looks a little bit like this, you know, well, let's just put a little pinch, Right? Well, how much sugar? Just a pinch. Or maybe it's a, you know, it's a dash. Okay, what is that? See, I have this problem because my grandmother, who's passed away now, she ha had these, um, these yeast rolls. Man, they were awesome. She would make them up, you know, roll them, and then we would end up getting them from her house after she lived in Lakeland. We would eat them, and then she would end up sending us home with these little yeast roll, dough, dough rolls that were in the freezer, and then we could take them out of the house and make these rolls. Well, I, we have the recipe, or my sister does. She says, but Earl Wayne, here's the problem. Uh, Grandma's just got a dash of this and a pinch of that. I said, hmm, yeah, that's a problem, right? Because it's kind of hard to determine what a person's pinch is. What someone's dash is. And if we don't watch out, we tend to act like God's like that. He's given us a measure of faith. Well, I mean, what is that, Lord? But the Lord is more precise than that. The Lord is a God of order. In fact, He has a recipe for faith. You hear what I'm saying? That it is exact, and if we do it, it will turn out the same every time. See, when we get independent of the body, then in essence, we may do a dash here and a pinch here and cook up that thing, and it does taste good. But we can't always model the exact same taste. This is the issue with my uh, chocolate biscuits because we really don't have a measurement when it comes to Nestle's Quick and sugar. It's based upon taste. I said it's based upon taste. 
Meaning, whenever I put it out, you know, you just mix it in like, uh, I think we need some more sugar. Yeah, probably need a little more sugar. Okay, you understand when it comes to following God, that's a little difficult. But God is very precise. If you'll measure this, have this kind of love, because there's a lot in his recipe. We'll talk about the ingredients next week. Do you understand? There's a lot to do within his word of God. If you'll have a measure of love, a measure of patience, a measure of forgiveness. If you'll have these measures within it. Because you understand, you just can't have God's word and that means now I have faith. No, because faith works by love. And if you don't have love in the, in the ingredients of faith, then guess what? It doesn't matter how much you're confessing, no matter how much you believe God can, it's not going to come to pass for you. You better find out what that measurement of love is. Amen. And sometimes we got to have a recipe of forgiveness in there because something's happened in our lives before we didn't have any issues, but then all of a sudden we had an issue, and now we got to add a measure of forgiveness in this thing for uh, faith to operate in our lives because if we don't, then all of a sudden our food will come out bitter. Because if you're not having forgiveness, you're having a root of bitterness, and you'll measure in a root of bitterness. And that's not what you want to serve up. Amen? Okay. So we got to understand this. Uh, the uh, some measure with a pinch and a dash, and each time the recipe turns out, it's a little bit different, right? And so this happens the same way when it comes to faith. Some people begin to believe God and get their healing, then the next time they go to believe God, and it doesn't come. It's not the same result. doesn't show up the same way. Or maybe it doesn't show up at all. But then later on, they believe it again, and it manifests. But then the next time, it doesn't. But when we get God's plan each time and his recipe for, the, for success, then the ingredients of faith will show up, and we'll always get what we were believing God for. See, God made it measurable to work through you. He made it measurable to work through you. Your measure is based on the grace given to you according to all, according to your call and your place in the body. So again, it's one thing to believe. The reason why I believe individually is because so that I can bring a supply corporately. Jesus, in the great chapter that we use concerning faith, I'm not talking about Hebrews chapter 11. I'm talking about Mark chapter 11. To give the example, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith, he first talked to a fig tree the day before. And his conversation to the fig tree was, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. Why? Because it was uh, pretending like it had bore a, a particular fruit, uh, a sign of a fruit, uh, but it wasn't its season. And Jesus, because of that, cursed it, caused it to die. Right? See, God don't want us to look like we're bearing fruit and not really bear fruit. And too often, if you're not going to bear the fruit you're supposed to, then why are you in the earth in the first place? Now, I'm not telling you to leave planet earth. What I'm saying is, is that you need to get connected to your purpose and not bear. No plant bears fruit for itself alone. Meaning, they don't bear fruit. They drop, die uh, on the ground, feed the soil so it can bear more fruit, so all the fruit can drop off, die, decompose, go into the soil so it can bear more fruit, and no one gets to enjoy it. No, trees bear fruit or plants bear fruit so that others can enjoy it. And the reason why you are bearing faith is not so that you can have a, um, you know, your body healed, so that you can have a nice car, so you can have a nice house, so that you can have peace in your life. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's because what you can do with those things and give it away. I mean, when you have a fruit of peace, you get to live in peace, but you get to give peace to someone else. Amen. And I have found that if a tree is really bearing fruit, and I was to consume some of it myself... You understand, there's only a few fruits I'll eat, and then I'm like, I'm full. And at that point, there's so much more that I can't even consume it on myself. You're looking to just get rid of it and give it away. Yeah. Amen. So the next thing we learn is all recipes have different measurements based on the part. But when they all come together, they make something better than when left alone. Are you with me? See, there was a time that I used to drink sweet tea. 
And my wife would take this cup right here, this cup, a cup of sugar, and put it in that tea. Jeez. I can't even drink sweet tea anymore. I mean, I can, but I choose not to. When I say I can, I mean, I have to muscle it down because it's sweet. I'm like, that's too sweet. My wife and I was at a restaurant the other day, and they brought me tea. It was supposed to be unsweet, but it was sweet. I took a sip, and I was shocked. You know, when there's... That's sweet tea. It's just too sweet for me now. I just can't, I, I can't handle that. I don't care for that at all. Maybe it's because I just drank black coffee the way God intended. <laughs> so with that being said, let's turn over to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 22, it says this. For nothing is hidden except uh, to be revealed, nor has uh, anything been um, secret, but it shall come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear, for, for the he... Uh, was saying to them, take care of what you listen to, for by the standard of measure it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you besides. For whoever has, more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. All right? Now, let me hit a couple of verses real quick, and then I want to say a couple of things about this. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, again, he says, be careful how you listen by the standard of measure you'll receive. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. We know faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes. That doesn't mean you have faith. That just means you have access to it now. Faith comes by hearing. If you're not hearing God's word, then you can't have God's faith. You can't have faith in God. You cannot have faith in God without hearing his word. Now, you can tell yourself you believe God, but if you're not in the word, you're not actually believing God because it requires hearing. And that word hearing is not heard. It's not past tense. So, again, if you hadn't been in church in three years and you just showed up today and said, I believe God, you haven't been believing God because you haven't been hearing him. You have to hear. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Just because I know something about God doesn't mean I'm in faith. Just because I know <coughs> one of the accounts within the Word of God does not mean I'm believing God. Because believing God is active. That's why James chapter 1 tells us, that we have to go beyond hearing because James chapter 1, verse 22, uh, the King James Version says it this way, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. James chapter 1, verse 22. So hearing alone is not enough for faith to work in your life. You must actually be a doer of that word. I said you must be a doer of that word. Okay? And so this is very significant because when we start talking about operating in faith or we've been given the measure of faith or a measure of faith, then we have to begin to exercise that faith that we've been given. Now, notice, you were given a measurement. The author of the recipe decided how much of you he wants to use. How much of your faith, what part of the equation or what part of the ingredients, what part of um, the amount you need, supply you need to bring so that when this thing's cooked up and served to the world, it tastes exactly as it was designed. And no part is insignificant. I said no part is insignificant. But you must do your part. Are you with me? So... If we look at Mark chapter 4 and then having these two verses in context, he's saying, he who has ears, let him hear. Meaning, when you come to service, you're coming because you desire to actually hear God speak to you concerning a thing or something that in essence you can exercise and get God's will to manifest in your life. Not only in your life, but the life of the church. Okay? Again, what did the Lord say? He said, listen, if I come to a tree, there's a bunch of branches. He's the root, and we are the branches. Right? He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If a man remains in me, he'll bear what? Much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. He said, if he comes through, the vine dresser comes through, and he begins to look at multiple branches and begin to realize there's no fruit coming here. Well, he'll cut that off. Why? Because he doesn't want something attached to the root that's not actually bearing the fruit of the root. If we do bear fruit, he'll come by also and prune us. Why? For the sake that we would bear even more fruit the next time. 
which means however much fruit we, we show in one season, it should increase in the next season because, again, our measurement can increase because we are to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. But it's an exercise. Again, it's not just the, vine, the branch by itself saying, look what I do. If the vine wasn't connected to the root, it wouldn't have anything. And it's not the only branch on the tree. If you, were the, if you were the branch on the tree and no other branches were bearing, you would be very concerned. We don't want to be the only one bearing fruit, but we want to bring a supply to the whole tree. Amen? So we have to understand, we have to come and have ears to hear what's your part. I am amazed at people that are my age, because I'm going to use my age. I'm getting older. I'm 49. But people that are my age are older. It's amazing how laid back they are. Sometimes not per persevering. Now, don't get offended. Just listen to what I have to say first. Because our society has put us in retirement mode instead of being passionate to keep bearing more fruit to pass down into the next generation. Got to be passionate. This is what I love about Pastor Hagen. He's 80. 80 years old. And going all over the world still. Well, he just kept going from one place to the next. One place to the next. Bearing fruit, bearing fruit, bearing fruit. Now, you may never travel like he does because, again, it's the grace on his life. But you don't want to take this We'll leave that to the young people. There is no young people. We're all young in the Lord. And if the next generation is going to go, they need to see all of us, gray hair and all, be on fire for God and running this thing until we're done. How do I know this? Let's look at Paul. Let me hit a couple of scriptures, then I'm going to come back. Paul, in one of his first letters, one of the very first letters he ever penned in Philippians, said this. Philippians chapter 2, 17, he said, Yes, I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, and I am glad and rejoice with you all. Meaning, I have a measure, and I'm being poured out. Again, he had a measure, and he poured it out. Once he got his measure filled up, then he poured it out into something else. But then towards the end of his life, we see here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he tells Timothy, he says, I am already being, here it is, poured out as a drink offering, and my time of departure is at hand. Notice when Paul got moving with God, when he began on the road to Damascus, he's apprehended by God, he never allowed his measuring cup to stop serving an ingredient to the whole body of Christ. That's what I'm talking about. We are never to stop serving ourselves to the whole body of Christ. Amen. This is why Paul had to tell Timothy, don't let the older ones despise your youth. Don't let them do it. Because there's a generation that's already walked in the realm of faith. They'll look back at you and say, well, you're just a little kid. But you preach the word. Why? Because he was giving them capacity because of the grace on his life to preach that word so that they could continue to receive the measure of faith and pour their lives out as well. Amen. So from the newest one that just hit the church, right, which is Scotland today, going to be somebody else in another week, right, because we're having babies galore. But right now, Scotland being our youngest one, okay, we should be serving faith from that child all the way through and never not. This is why when we say, hey, we've got this outreach at West Augustine, we need people. You understand, we should all be on deck. I mean, seriously, where are you going to go anyway? What did Peter say when Jesus said, you going to go to? He said, where are we going to go? You have words of life. I mean, really, what are you doing in life that's more important than what's connected to the local body that God placed you in that he wants you to bring your measure? The problem is that some of you have been so concerned about this that you feel like you're this. But let me tell you something. 
Miss Kimberly gave me a wonderful vegan recipe of blueberry pie. It's amazing. Four cups of blueberries, right? Two bananas. You stick them in a blender, okay? And then a quarter cup of honey. It's optional, but I always put it in. <laughs> and you blend that stuff up. And there you go. There's your filling. But the crust is pecans and dates, pitted dates. Because you grind up ones with pits, it's like torpedoes going off in your house. <laughs> pitted dates, guys. All right? <laughs> pitted dates. And you take and chop up that cup of uh, pecans and a cup of dates. But you know, there's something else added to that mixture. It's about this size. It's called vanilla extract. See, the problem is, is that sometimes you think you only are bringing this to the church. But you don't know how potent your part is. Why do I say that? Because all of us have the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? God may need you to serve up this, you know, um, half a teaspoon in a particular setting that is like the last bit of power of the Holy Ghost. Because when the vanilla extract's not there, you can taste the difference. See, it isn't how much you're measured. It's how powerful or potent the measurement is. What's in it? And here's the thing. God just needs you to be the vessel, the container. He'll take care of what needs to go in it. See, if this, is just a, if this was just sugar, if that's what God needed for that recipe. If this was just salt, that's what God needed for this recipe. If this is vanilla extract, that's what was needed at this point. If this was ghost pe pepper powder that Eli makes, you would die. Seriously, you would die. He made me a rub one time, and I brought it to the house in two Ziploc bags. Opened it up, took a little uh, toothpick, put it on the end, gave it to my father-in-law. I thought he was going to die. The measure was a toothpick touch. See, we get all bent out of shape because we want to act like, oh, I want to be all this full. I want to be full. I want to be big. I want to have large capacity. Listen, you just need to bring your supply. Bring your measure. And if you'll bring your measure, then you're going to do something. But if you sit back on your laurels, because listen, you could have this capacity be filled to the brim. But if you stay on the shelf and never get in a recipe, you walk around and say, look, man, I'm four cups. I'm four cups. Woo, I am four cups full. Look at me. I'm four cups full. And the recipe requires four cups of you. But you won't put it in. So the one with this half a teaspoon has done more with you because they actually put their supply in the recipe. And we can't finish the work because you won't put your four cups in. But the same's true. If the four cups goes in because, man, I'm, my capacity is to give, and here it is, and I'm up to four cups, I'm putting my four cups in, and you got a half teaspoon while I'm insignificant. When you stay on the shelf, then the recipe's incomplete because we're waiting on your. You think that I am not kidding. I am not kidding. Listen. God is coming back for a glorious church. Yes. We have too much individual Christianity happening. This is a problem, guys, because, listen, God is not holding the individual accountable only. Every dispensation he has held, the group. And he talks to the group. Right now, he's not talking to individuals outside of your part to play within the group. And our, our type and shadow of that is Achan. He said, Joshua, you go in, you take Jericho, destroy everything. It's mine, everything in it. You keep nothing. You dedicate it to me. But Achan, one guy, 
one guy, one guy, keeps, covets, puts it in his tent. The next day, they go to another place, the nation of Israel. 36 people die and affected 36 families. And Achan didn't even go to battle. God comes back when Joshua's like, what are you doing? We came in. We destroyed the most fortified city. Great victory. Now we go to another one that really doesn't require many. We only sent 3,000 guys over there, and we get whipped. I mean, everybody's going to come and take us out now. What have we done? And he said, Israel has sinned. He didn't say Achan sinned. You want to hold your half a teaspoon? Because your measure of faith is according to the grace that God has given you within the body. This was never just about you asking Jesus to come into your heart and save you so when you die, you go to heaven. I wonder where Anchor Faith Church would be if everybody was actually all in. I'm talking in every area of faith. Every opportunity. Now, again, you, we could have an event like, man... I happen to have this, Pastor Earl, so the best I can do. And again, you in that thing was just your a quarter teaspoon of serving. You can't come and give a bigger serving that particular. You're, you're not going to be able to measure out bigger in that event. But you still brought that supply. I mean, again, I'm going to Nicaragua tomorrow with Ernie. We are going to uh, uh, firm up, cast vision, and, and cause Anchor Faith Nicaragua to, to mirror what we do here at Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine. You're not going to be able to take a measure to go with me, but you can if you sow towards it. You can if you bring a supply of prayer for it. But if you don't even think about, oh, yeah, pastor went where? That's right. Oh, yeah, I hope they had a good trip. Well, guess what? You brought no supply to it. How much more successful would the trip be if everybody was praying? How much more successful would a trip be if people brought a supply and we had more than enough? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take an actual gift to them because y'all gave so much for us to go. We got more than enough, and I'm just going to go and sow a seed again. But again, typically, we're not thinking about our measure as a whole. We're just bringing our measure of faith for us personally. So, so Paul, at the, in his ministry, he first started, once he got apprehended from God, he was pouring out his life. He had a measure, he poured out. And at the end, he's still pouring out. So what do we learn a little bit about measurements? Let's look at look, a few things. Look, the measure is based on hearing and acting on the word. So your measurement is going to be based upon you hearing the word. And nobody can stop you from hearing the word. You can, and, and when I say hear, I'm not talking just hearing. I'm talking about hearing and acting. Because there's a lot of people that keep Christian stuff all the time, listening all the time, but never acting at all. I mean, that's like having a measuring cup that's got a hole in the bottom of it. You can, and if you have a hole in the bottom of your measurement, then you can never know when you're measured. Okay. And again, we go from faith to faith. So if you're a half a teaspoon a day, you can increase to a whole teaspoon. Eventually, you can become a cup in a matter. Because all measurements are just vessels. And the Bible says in, a, in the house, there are vessels. And we want to become a vessel useful for the master. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? In one service, I could be the base of a service, meaning I'm the I'm the. If we were doing bread, I'm the flour. I'm yielding the most uh, of that particular ingredient. But another service, it could be someone else that has an expression, and I'm just adding a little water to it. Because regardless, we want all of us to taste and see that the Lord is good and receive whatever he wants to serve us and however he uses us to do so. Takes us to a whole nother level. See, measuring cups, listen to this, were never designed to keep what it measured. So he's given us a measure of faith, meaning we are not supposed to keep it. Once we get to our measurement, then we're supposed to put it in the hole. 
And once you put it in the hole, now you are ready to receive another measurement for the next work. Hallelujah. Don't just sit on it and hold it and shelf it. Pour it in. Amen. See, once, once uh, it receives its measurement, then it's poured out and looks for another opportunity to be filled up. Your measure can increase. Right? Your measure can increase, but if you do not use the measure you have, it will increase, decrease. What did it say in verse 25? Whoever has, more shall be given. But even what someone has, if he doesn't use it, what he has will be taken away. Be taken away. Man, we should always be looking for faith opportunities. Faith opportunity. And I've come to find out there are a lot of recipes God's doing. Not just financially, not just in peace, not just in healing. I mean, there are plenty of opportunities to be able to believe God somewhere and get that measure of faith in working in your life. I went to um, uh, Gainesville this past week because I'm going to Nigeria. I pray that you're bringing a measure of faith with me, a measure uh, of supply, a measure of prayer for those meetings. But I went there because, um, you know, in my spirit, I had a minister, for, uh, you know, Pastor Kenneth Estrada. Y'all know him. He's gone to Nigeria on more than one occasion. And, um, you know, he kind of blend in a little bit. But when I show up, it's going to be obvious that I'm not from Nigeria. All right? And so, um, but the last time he was there, they stopped him at immigration and realized he had not taken a yellow fever shot. He and I both believe that the power of God is the only shot you need and the blood of Jesus is enough. But he did not have it and they basically threatened him in order to receive a bribe that they would administer the yellow fever shot. Well, it just didn't set well with me, so I went to the Lord about that. Because I refuse to let another country put something in me. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, i much rather be here. Now, just to let you know, the yellow fever shot that I took this past week, it isn't even really yellow fever. In fact, it's not even um, sanctioned by our government. It's with 30 other countries. That was enlightening when I'm reading the nine pages that I'm a part of an experiment now. Great. <laughs> You're not going to experiment with me. But I prepared myself that the minute it hit my body, it would die. That I'm already immune because of the blood. But I just want a piece of paper to document it took place. Because I don't want to be harassed at the border. Got all my shot records, you know, let them know here I am. I'm ready to go. Now they're telling me, you know, this stuff has a shelf life. Apparently, I'm not immune to certain things after a while. I'm like, well, you just want my money. That's all. So I am immune by the blood of Jesus. I've already been documented once. I'm not getting another one. Are you with me? But that's my personal conviction. You can get a flu shot if you want to. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying you're ungodly if you go get a flu shot. You do what you got to do. But I got shot with the blood. And I hold that more than anything. But I did go get an actual shot. I've had no side effects. Hallelujah. Amen. None. None. Except maybe a little tired because I slept good the other night. I mean, I was out. Mark's like, wow, you were out. You didn't wake up at all. Yeah. I said, apparently, if you take a flu shot, it's better than melatonin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't suggest you do that. But my point is, is that I received it because when I go, I, in my spirit, I was like, I'll take that off the table. I can take that off the table. Because it wasn't a matter whether I believe I can go into a country and never get anything. I do that all the time. This is the first time I've literally taken a shot to go into another country. First time ever. But again, I brought that supply. I brought that supply. I brought that measure of faith. I didn't just bring faith to preach the Word today. I'm always looking at opportunities that I bring the measure of faith. I got into the Word concerning healing, concerning God's will, concerning, and I was reminded of a testimony when uh, um, uh, John G. Lake went down to help with the bubonic plague in Africa. And they're like, you can't go there. He said, I'll go there. He said, you can't go uncovered. He says, it can't get 
can't attach itself to me. I am the heel of the Lord. And they have documentation that he put his hand under the microscope and says, you put it on in my skin and you watch it. It will die the minute it touches me. And the minute they put it on him, it died. Now, his faith was there. Are you with me? Some say that's tempting God. He wasn't tempting God. He was believing God. And they weren't allowing him access. And he said, I know I can go help these individuals. You've got to let me go. It can't affect my body. So he proved to them it couldn't. And he went in and, and, and helped tremendously during that time. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So again, we have this measure of faith. If we don't utilize it, it will decrease in our lives. And here's the thing. If you have no measure, then you cannot contribute to the recipe. Can't do it. We've got to be people who decide to live by faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says this, For it is, in, it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, But the righteous man shall live for, by faith. So again, our measure can grow. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 12 through 18, we again see that there's a measure. There's a measure. Okay? And we are not to boast beyond our measure at all. We're just supposed to stay within our measure. Now, what's that mean? Uh, again, that means that um, whatever you are, you just need to be that measure. So again, if you are um, a quarter cup, don't show up at church. Oh, that ain't going to work. Let me, use a, let me use this down here. See, a lot of times people are like, yeah, oh, I'm just a quarter. Yeah, but I'll show them. I'm way bigger than that. Seriously? So we want to show up like this. Well, now you're not a quarter. <laughs> you want to go beyond your measure. But see, this becomes a problem because God has dealt you the measure of faith. And he's very exact. He's not asking you to do more. In fact, it's in this moment here... Because, again, what did we learn? We learned concerning those that um, um, are bearing fruit. He'll prune. So, in essence, he will take not only do it, a measurement is not only about filling up, but it's about leveling off or taking off. So, in order for you to operate in the best capacity of faith, sometimes God's got to cut some things off you. Got to trim some things back. Got to cause some attitudes to come off. For your faith to work. Because we'll end up adding more into our measure than we're supposed to have. And he's like, let's level that out. This is what we need. So I want to encourage you. Listen, you got to understand that you are exactly where you are. God's not asking you to do more than where you're at. He's asking you to do what you have. And if you'll use what you have, then you will ultimately grow in that. And you'll have greater capacity. You'll develop a greater capacity. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. According to the measure of Christ's gift. So again, each one of us was given a gift. Each one of us. Everyone has a gift. Said and he gave gifts unto men. These, everyone has a gift. Then when we get into verse 11, we see that some have this gift of apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher. For the equipment of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. But here it is in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of what? Faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. To the what? Measure of the statute which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now if we could just get this last point concerning a measure. Then you would always come to church full of your measurement. Because the reality is, every time we collect upon the same place, God has a recipe that he wants to serve. But it requires all of us. This is why unity is so powerful. Now, I'm not talking about those that come into Anchor Faith Church and not even born again. They're not even part of the recipe. They're not even in the body of Christ yet. 
But I will say this, those individuals would begin to taste and see our unity in God and how we brought all of our measure of faith together, whatever that portion is, and at the end of the service, it would have been served that they would have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and there's no way they could stay in their seat. They'd run down here and get born again because they would begin to smell it, the aroma of God, the atmosphere of God. You know what it's like when you go into a room? My wife and I, when we bought the house that we're in today, uh, we went and looked at a few houses. And one particular house we did put in an offer on. It was closer to town. Um, um, brick house, had a pool, and here's what they did. The minute we opened that door, chocolate cookies. Wow. It smelled like home. They could have only done better if they had left the cookies on the countertop. They baked some, it had to be Nestle's Toll House cookies. Filled the whole house. I was like, that's good right there now. I mean, you're, not only are you getting my eyes and my ears because I'm in a neighborhood, it's quiet, you know, you're, you're dealing with all my senses. Now you got my nose going, showing me this is how it smelled if it was in your house. Oh, man. I mean, we were like, please, we're, are they in the refrigerator? I mean, we were looking. I mean, and I understand liabilities. That's why they couldn't because somebody gets sick, then they sue, and next thing you know, they're going to take their house out from underneath it because people are evil. Me, I would have been like, that is really kind, and I'd have ate it and never gave them any problems. But I'm telling you, it did something. It did make me want the house more. Are we bringing our measure of faith that the lost would be saved? Are we believing God every time? Or have we not even thought about the lost? We just showed up today to get our part and left. There's so much that we can be serving up in worship. There's a whole expression that if we bring our measure of praise. I said we bring our measure of praise. What it would do. We bring our measure of expectation and, and earnest desire to see God move with spiritual gifts. Yes. If we brought all that, if we all brought that, if we all brought our measure of giving, come on, come on. we probably wouldn't be talking about possessed to serve right now. Amen. I mean, if we brought our portion, then those who weren't in this, in this body would, couldn't help but want to run. Because we all brought our supply. And instead of coming in, let the devil say, you're just, a, you're just a quarter teaspoon, man. You ain't got nothing. You got to say, greater is he that's in me than he is the world. I'll serve up a quarter teaspoon of the Holy Ghost, and I'll show you what that is. Because when I add my quarter uh, uh, teaspoon to the whole thing, it brings the whole recipe together. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we want to come to this measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Are you ready? Here it is. John chapter 3. We'll close with this verse. He says this. John chapter 3 verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own initiative, but only what I hear the Father. This is what I do. So Jesus had faith. For he, God the Father, gives the Spirit without measure. Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. There was no container that could contain the, the expression of the Spirit from Jesus when he walked on the earth. But here's the thing, guys. He's seated at the right hand of the Father today. And he is the head of the body. And when we come together and bring our cup, our half a cup, our quarter cup, our three cups, our teaspoon, our tablespoon, whatever it is, if you'll bring your measure of faith, then all of us come together, creates whatever recipe God wanted in the service that day, whatever expression he wanted in an outreach that day, whatever expression he wants you to be able to take and get another measure today to take out to work on Monday. See, we're cooking some stuff up in here. You know, when we get done with a particular message, we could give you a loaf of peace, and then you show up on Monday, and you serve peace to everybody at work. 
We, we create, you know, a, a plate of healing. And then you take healing to work on Monday and serve it to everybody. But healing manifested because you brought your measure into this service. You brought an expectation of the miraculous. You brought an expectation that I'm going to be singing to my king and that he hears me when I worship him. And how can I not lift my voice? Because sometimes our measure is a sacrifice of praise. We don't feel like it, but pour it in in faith anyway. <clears throat> pour it in. There's this whole thing God wants to do in our lives and more importantly in the life of his church. And if we would all bring our supply, then in essence, corporately, we will have the spirit without measure. I have to admit, I long for that day. The day that we would come together in such unity and bring in our supply of faith, not thinking about what's going on in our life, the tests, the trials, the tribulations, not more concerned about how we're going to pay this bill or that bill, but in faith, Lord, I know I have a bill, but your word says that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to me. It's going to be added to me. I come to church today full of faith because whatever answer I need to get my supply, yeah, I'm going to pull it in today. I bring my measure of faith for that particular word. I bring my measure of faith for my healing. I bring my measure of faith for, you know, this to take place. And you just bring, I bring a measure of faith. We just want to be with you, God. And all of a sudden, if we all did that, then people that were outside the kingdom, when they came in here, the spirit without measure then the gifts would flow like nothing. They'd just flow easy. There'd be no hindrances. There'd be no reservation. The Word of God would illuminate and, and impact their spirit man so much it would change and renew their minds. Paul, one of his measures of faith he kept bringing to the table, he says, I'm in labor till Christ is formed in you. I need you to know who you are in Christ. I need you to know who you are in Christ. I need you to renew your mind. He was always bringing faith to the body. You need to know who you are. You're not just born again. You are now in Christ. You are ambassadors for Christ. You are born of the Spirit of God and made alive to God. You have authority and dominion and power. You need to operate in it. You need to act. And he was like, I need you to know who you are. Because, man, a church that knows who they are, the gates of hell can't prevail against it. And when they act in faith, can't just come to sit and listen. You got to come bring in the supply. You have to bring the supply.